0: Carmen, one of the ways we make these sessions really productive and helpful mm-hmm. is by asking ourselves, what is it that by the end of the session will make this session amazing for you? So, my first question, That's and great. for us to get started really well, yeah. is what can we work on today that will make you feel like this session was something that was tremendously helpful in moving you further? In life,
1: sure, sure. Well, in life, I was thinking more like coaching specifically, like coaching business. But However I mean, life. Whatever you want. Yeah, I think just clarity. I think I have so many directions that I go in that I feel like I'm spread kind of thin and don't have a specific focus of something I want to work on. So maybe just a little bit clarity, and maybe not, you know, necessarily like, oh, this is what I'm going to put my attention on, but you know, maybe just knowing what is important and worth spending the time doing, I guess. Okay.
0: okay. What does clarity feel like for you?
1: Clarity feels like a, like a knowing. Like it's a knowing that it's a yes. Like there's no questioning. It's just a very fluid, yes, this is it. That's a knowing or that's clarity.
0: Okay. And have you had a sense of clarity in other areas of your life where you felt really <laughs> clear?
1: I have, and it's not like anything that that was planned. The clarity sometimes comes spontaneously. And then I think sometimes it has life or length of time because I just get into a pattern of repeating and doing the same thing. So it's not like I have clarity the entire time I'm doing it. I just have clarity in a spontaneous moment. And then I get into a pattern or I guess you could call it a rut and do that for 10 years. And then it's like, what am I doing? And the clarity has gone or, or there's boredom or there's no fulfillment in what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. What so, has been the last instance of such clarity where you did something for 10 years?
1: I did real estate for 10 years, but I was just talking to a friend of mine about 25 years ago. I remember talking with them that one of the things that I had an interest in was life coaching or helping people in some capacity, some sort of coaching. And I remember saying that 25 years ago and then took this side turn into real estate for probably more than 10 years, probably more like 14 years and have just in the last five years gone back to, oh, you know what? I, I actually quite enjoy <laughs> helping people in a capacity where we're having conversations and we're gaining insights and helping make shifts in their life that are meaningful to them.
0: Okay. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So currently, when you say you don't have clarity or you seek clarity in your life, what I hear you say is, I'm split between many things and I'm working myself 10 or, and something to that tune. What are those different things that you are looking at at the same time right now?
1: So, are they
0: different careers uh, or are they different things within the career?
1: A couple are. Yeah. So still doing real estate afar from. um, So I'm actually a broker in Texas. I know you live in Texas in the Dallas area. And I do still have a couple of clients that I can do some work remotely. And I had let go of all my agents because I had a clarity about moving to Costa Rica, which is where I was actually born. So it felt like I was moving home. So still doing the real estate, I work for a big health and wellness company as a health coach. I don't know if you've ever seen that TED talk on multi-potentialite. No, I haven't. Okay. It's a really good one about how I guess the definition is that you can be a jack of all trades and you don't necessarily have to be a master of them. You're, you know, being proficient is is good. And I feel like I'm proficient in many things. And so anything anybody asks me to do, I end up saying yes to. But trying to pull all the years of accumulation of knowledge and information and tools to help others and help myself, that's where I feel like this last you know, 20, 30 years of my life is where I want to spend it. It feels joyous. I just realized I'm not really answering your question. So doing health coaching, doing real estate, anything anybody asks me to do, I'm usually like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that from, you know, fixing someone's plumbing to, you know, driving a giant bus for somebody like I can do it. So I say yes to a lot of different things because I don't feel like I have the clarity on what the coaching business should look like or how to get clients or I struggle or even I fight against a niche because I feel like I'm leaving someone out, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so...
0: Why is it that you feel called to say yes to anybody that asks for anything?
1: That's a long story. (laughs) I think it's that wanting to help. Yeah, I can do that for you. Of course, I can do that for you. I, I can help. And oftentimes, I compromise myself either with time or financially.
0: Have you ever explored why do you even say yes? Yes, you want to help, but everybody wants to help. But that doesn't mean everybody says yes to everything that comes their way. There's something that is within you, that has a resistance to say no, do you know why that is? Is there awareness towards it?
1: I think there probably is. Do you know why? I think it's relating to someone needing help and feeling like maybe I haven't gotten help. And so if I can help, then maybe someone doesn't have to feel like I do.
0: Mm. So what Uh. I'm hearing you say is that you feel like you're not supported in your life And so what you want to be is a support system for somebody else.
1: Yeah, that's a very succinct way of saying it, yeah.
0: Okay. Now I'm going to give you a different question slightly because there's a lot more to unpack here. Yeah. But it may not be of service to clarity. So I'm not going to lean Mm -hmm. further into this direction. What I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to a further conversation with a coach, maybe even a therapist, to explore (laughs) what is the inherent need that you have to feel that you must support others just because you didn't feel supported in any area of your life? What is it that's really triggering that? And where is it that you really didn't feel supported? And how is it that it's serving somebody else actually fulfills that need, right? Because there's a need that is being fulfilled here, right? And that need may be a great need and you want to continue to fulfill, but maybe there's not enough awareness for you to actually make a conscious choice towards it. You're making an unconscious choice right now by simply saying yes to everything. But if it comes to your consciousness, the awareness of why this is happening, you will be able to consciously decide a little bit better on what you say yes and what you say no to. You see, every time we say yes to something, we are saying no to something else, Mm. right? So we have to be mindful of our yes. Uh, If you say yes to helping somebody fix their plumbing, which... They may be able to hire somebody to actually do it who might be a qualified professional in that. You are actually saying no to a career that you may want to have. Being able to help somebody even more deeply and more powerfully than you currently are by helping somebody with plumbing. Nothing wrong with helping with plumbing, but it may not be the highest service that you can offer to humanity and even the support system that you can offer to somebody while being jack of all trades is a great thing, so am I, at the same point of time, you need to be able to pursue a particular direction to really get the benefit of being the jack of that trade.
1: That resonates so much. And I think there's also a little bit of pressure that I'm going to be 60 soon. And like I'm making a career shift, but I feel like I've stepped across a bridge and that, you know, there's a big divide and I haven't quite pulled my leg out from the other position to keep moving forward. So I feel like I'm straddling a a gap or a divide. And I feel like I just haven't quite figured out how do I make this something that lasts for the next 20 years because I'm most passionate about it.
0: Absolutely. So there are two things that are amazing and powerful here, right? So firstly, that you are going to be 60. That's an amazing age to be at because this brings a lot of experience, a lot of certainty, a lot of confidence, a lot of skills that you've developed over several decades at this point. So that's amazing news because you have ability to deploy all or some of them into the greatest capacity that you want to. So that's great news that you're going to be achieving a landmark age that gives you a lot more capability and the allowance to have the confidence across all those capabilities. The second great news here is that you already have some things that are preset for you that give you financial certainty right? You said you are involved with some real estate projects, you're involved with some health coaching, they are certain to your financial stability, right? Financial stability sometimes is one of the keys to actually getting success in context of uh, building a coaching business. Because when you are financially certain, you don't act out of anxiety of I won't be able to pay my bills. You're actually yeah. a lot more clear on what you're building and you're able to take action a lot more robustly towards the direction that you truly desire until financial certainty is created in that frame or in that, that place. Sure. So you're in great really chance. good place in context of where you are in terms of experience, where you are in financial safety and security. So those are great things to acknowledge and have. Now, the challenge that we have, though, is because of your desire to say yes, is what you're doing is you're spreading yourself too thin, right? And some of these tasks may not be relevant to your ultimate desire, which is to help people from what I understand. Is that correct, Carmen? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: If your ultimate desire is to be able to help and support people, what is it that really comes in the way or what is it that we can put together in our way that gets us and keeps us focused for the next 10 years? So like you said... About fourteen years ago, something triggered, and you said, "Real estate's my thing." Would you have some memory of what was it that created that rhythm for you, where you were like, "I'm excited about this," and ended up doing it for fourteen years?
1: I think it was doing a rehab in a house and fixing, you know, buying a house that was it was outdated, right? So putting a bunch of effort, like my own, like I said, I've got a lot of skills, so putting my own blood, sweat, and tears into this house. And not managing it well in the sense that I wanted the best of everything. And maybe as a first flip, I over, over improved the home. And so my profit was actually really small. But when I looked at the realtor's profit, I was like, oh my God, I could have made more as the realtor than as the investor, even though, you know, it was a good, fun six months of, you know, being covered in glue from head to toe. So then I thought, you know what? I marketed this property better than she did. And I just had this like, you know, I could do this. This was really fun. And it was just this like, okay, I'm in. And studied and within six months, I had my license.
0: Beautiful. So what I'm hearing is the act of doing something and then looking at what's the benefit coming out of it, what's not the benefit coming out of it, gets you motivated towards taking action on something. Would you, would you say I'm getting that right or not really?
1: Can you re-say it for me?
0: Yeah. So the act of fixing a house and then looking at the results gets you motivated.
1: It but did, yeah. The act yeah.
0: of doing it is yeah. what really triggered you into a career that you stayed with for 14 some years.
1: Yes. And I actually do a lot of coaching on the side besides my health job, but I always do it for free. Mm-hmm. So I, I just finished with a friend and and I always do friends for 16 weeks and she had some great changes and I never charged her anything. I just, I said, can you just write something for me about your experience? So I do that a lot, but every time I finish or we have a great session, I'm like, I have this knowing of like, Oh my God, this is just feels so good to be able to help someone like this. So I, I know what it would feel like to do it on my own, but I just never charge anybody.
0: So let's first tackle the association of what will keep you engaged in a thing and then we'll talk about charging. Okay. So what I'm hearing and what I'm understanding and what is coming through to me is that you still love the act of doing the thing right? So that's why you love the act of doing the coaching that keeps you motivated. But something along the way is not set right, where you're not seeing the financial reward and the secondary motivation that was important to you in choosing a career 14 years ago is not there in this particular career. Would you say that's accurate? Not yet.
1: Yes, not yet. Yeah.
0: Cool. So what would it take for us to find that secondary motivation or to be able to associate our journey to the secondary motivation. What is it that you believe is the blocker for you right now where you are not able to ask for money?
1: I think it's because I don't have or have not created a way to explain what I do because I'm not even sure what I do. Like I become very present when we sit down. I have helped people both in in losing weight in releasing trauma and in business goals. And so I struggle with saying, oh, here's what I can help you with. So it's almost kind of like a tester. Well, let's just, you know, let's do a couple of sessions. Let's mark off 16 because that's always a good number to create change. And let's see what happens. And it can be someone with wanting to lose 50 pounds or find a way to sell their business and not feel badly about it or just someone who is reliving trauma on a day-to-day basis. So I think I struggle with, if someone asks me, what do you do? I usually revert to, oh, I'm a health and wellness coach with such and such a company because you know that's very clear. But if someone asks me if I can help them and they ask me, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I explain the process as opposed to what I do. So I think part of that is I don't even have in my mind clear what I can do for someone in a coaching realm or in a a coaching situation.
0: Okay. So let's ask ourselves, is that because you want to help all different categories of people or is it because you actually find it hard to find a statement and you're clear actually who you want to help?
1: I think it's because I want to help all different kinds of categories of people. Like I think it goes back to that support system thing that we talked about at first like, I just don't want anybody to be in pain. So if they ask me if I can help, I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. Like, I don't know what I can do for you, but let's try. Like, you know, I want you to feel better. So I think it's that it's definitely like a diffuse kind of idea of what I do. And I have to say that I've, I've actually struggled very much with trying to find a niche to the point of when I had help trying to find a niche and they were like, well, what do you do? Like, who's your audience? I'm not, it would make me kind of angry to have to narrow it down. So I had, you know, definitely a lot of resistance to say, this is the only people I work with, because I felt like I was leaving someone out. I guess that makes me kind of a rescuer, which is probably another conversation.
0: Probably. But when you started doing real estate and you chose the Dallas area, did you Mm -hmm. challenge yourself saying, why am I choosing the Dallas area? I could be a realtor in Pakistan. And so let's go do a realtor project in Pakistan or another country like in Costa Rica. Costa Do you that to yourself?
1: So real estate is very much, you know, you got to know your location, right? That's a great analogy. Like you're making me think now. No, I mean, but I did, you know, DFW is pretty huge. So I didn't limit myself within that scope. And obviously you can't cross states unless you are licensed in each state. Did it serve you.
0: Just focusing on DSW saying, this is a really large area. I could actually expand. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I could focus my attention. I could list great properties. I could really sell great properties or fix great properties. Did it help you or it was actually like, no, that didn't help me at all?
1: No, it, it did. I mean, you know, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't go down to Austin and try to sell property, right? Like I would refer to somebody. If, I, if someone asked me, can you help me buy a house in Austin? I'd say, you know what? There's a great person in Austin that I can refer you to.
0: Absolutely. And that helped you and helped the other person too. Absolutely. Because the tension of understanding how a market operates when you're in DSW versus Austin, the different things to measure, the different challenges. I think, and I could be saying this wrongly, but I think in Dallas, you have to think about... uh, flooding situation and in Austin, you don't necessarily have to, or it was Houston. I don't know. There's a particular city. Oh,
1: Houston, yeah, have, Houston. Like a yeah.
0: flood insurance is important in Austin. For sure. Flood insurance is not really important. Uh, yeah, when well, we mean, get those
1: flash crazy. floods, you've probably experienced that because Austin, yes. you know, it can flood. Especially around yeah,
0: yeah, Creek, but but. You get my drift. There's nuances yeah. in every city that totally. creates the reality of the realtor to say why you must focus your attention towards this. And once you have figured this out and have a solid team, maybe you can explore a different city, even a different state, even a different country. There's no sure. limit to how far you can go, but there is a place where you start. Yeah. Do you see how this analogy is helpful in choosing something?
1: Very, very. Yes. Thank you.
0: Right. So what I'm not saying is you can operate in all the fields. You can be a business coach. You can be a health coach. You can be a life coach. I am all of them. So that's okay. But when I started my journey, I said, I'm going to focus on one thing so I can actually get it done. And I don't feel as if it's like going to DSW and saying, I'm going to choose DSW because it's a good place to start. I like this. I know the market. I have been here for long enough. And I can operate in this market fairly safely without feeling like I'm getting old and stressed out. And I can actually help people that are coming to me. I can actually help them find the real good home that they deserve or real good office that they deserve. I can actually do a great job because I'm my focused attention on this market and people who are in this market. And once I am done with this, when I feel settled into it, when I feel that I have served this community enough then I'm going to go serve Austin if I feel called to. I may never feel called to, but if I do feel called to, I'll do that. And then the next and then the next. So it is not about you not actually serving as many people as you can, but really serving the people so they can find you, they can work with you, they can get results with you. And when it's time, when you feel called to, to say, all right, I've done enough service for this community. Let me go serve other communities. Mm-hmm. That is when you move on to other communities.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually what I'm feeling is a a kind of a sense of relief because I think being pushed to pick something, I wasn't looking at the broader picture, right? Like you're saying, like serve this now and then expand. I was really feeling like if I choose now, I'll never be able to change this decision and work with someone else, right? So there was this kind of finality uh, that I felt stuck in, like a commitment to one person and that was it. So this actually feels like a lot of relief.
0: <laughs> yeah. And picking a marketplace, picking a niche, has nothing to do with finality. It's just for yeah. the next 12 months or so, just so yeah. that you can get your feet on the ground. You can make sure you're serving a community and you want to find a community that you can serve easily, fast, and you can find them very easily. So you yeah. can get early success because once you have a successful base, it's easy to expand because there's foundation is solid, right? Yeah. It's like having the financial certainty of something and then saying, now I can invest in whatever next I want to invest in, right? Because I have a financial foreground. It's like having a stable relationship before you explore other relationships. It's like having your core group of friends before you expand your friendship circle. If you have the foundations really good and really solid, it's easier to expand because there is a safe place. Even if you have to go to a safe place, there's a safe place, there's a certain place. And certainty helps leaning into uncertainty. And well, in your market is uncertain.
1: The irony, I think, is that when I'm doing health coaching and someone feels overwhelmed and all the things that they have to do, like they got to start drinking more water, create movement, eating more clean, like the recommendation is always like, pick one of those things. Don't do them all at the same time. Pick one, get proficient, do it daily, have it become a habit that you don't even have to think about. And then let's build on that, which is kind of exactly what you're saying.
0: Yes. So that's maybe a consideration that you want to explore a little bit to say, this is not the end-all, be-all niche or market that I want to work in. But this is the place where I feel most called to, to start. And then with time, like you said, you want to do this for the next 20 years. If you're doing this for the next 20 years, there's no way you're going to stick to a market. 20 years is a very long time, Right. We're just building a foundation. We are just getting you started in a way where it feels like you can get the results that you truly want. You can find the clients fairly easily. You can get them to stay with you for a long enough period of time. So your model and methodology is certain and it creates results. And then you go, all right, I've created the certainty here. Now let me expand my wings and see what else I want to explore. Because it'll also become clearer to you at that time. Say, let's just hypothetically assume it's a year from now that you will have that certainty that you might go, you know what? I want to stick to this for another four years. I don't want to expand because I feel so good here. I feel so comfortable here. I feel like I love my clients. I feel like I'm getting results. I have Mm -hmm. momentum. I want to stick with it. And then four years later, you might explore other industries, and other markets and other ways of coaching. And that's absolutely okay too. But at least there is movement towards a version of you that has some kind of a coaching gravity and coaching business that feels like it has a life of its own instead of us fragmenting our efforts and not really knowing where we're going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: So let's reflect on that for a hot second, Carmen. Where do you feel or what do you feel would be a place where you would like to start? Whatever comes to you right now. It doesn't have to be final again. I'm not trying to put you in a position.
1: (laughs) Not going to have me commit for the rest of my life, whatever (laughs) that looks like. I think for me, the easiest is talking about health and wellness in terms of food and nutrition as your first go-to for healing and feeling better because I relate so much to that. I've used food and even like looking at alkalinity, just different types of perspectives of food to help someone feel better. And that always comes up because I do eat very cleanly. I work hard at making sure that I'm juicing and doing organic. So I walk that talk of how to eat and very proudly, but that's my personal choice of how I eat. If someone asks me about it, then I'm happy to share. Mm -hmm. But um, I've never looked at it as like, okay, this could be, you know, I know it so well, this could be a base or a start.
0: That's great, and you already are working with a company which gives you additional credibility of just being a really powerful health coach. Now let's explore another dimension here. So let's say let's like for the sake of this conversation, let's assume this is going to be your focus for the next twelve months, right? You're gonna start with uh, with health coaching. You're gonna focus on health coaching. You're gonna help people live a healthier life. Do you think there is inherent value for somebody who gets healthy in the next four? months with you, later to 16 weeks, which is your program. Is there any inherent value? Do people feel better as human beings? Do they feel better and more high-performing people in their work? And are their relationships better? Is there any benefit to health coaching with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Feeling good is a holistic approach, right? It, it's mind, body, and spirit. It's not just the food. It's working on all of it. So absolutely, it spills into other parts of your life when you feel well, energetic, and joyful. Because, you know, sometimes when you don't feel well, you feel sad about it or, I don't know, unmotivated.
0: So Carmen, help me a little bit more. Let's say Ajit signed up with Carmen for the next four months. What is it that I will feel four months from now? How is my life going to look different or better than what it is today?
1: I would hope that by the end of working with me, remove the word for, hope. Say with <clears throat> okay.
0: What is it? And if you don't want to relate to me, think about a client. Yeah, no, that's fine. Who might have helped. No, it's fine. But say it with certainty. What are the five or six benefits that I can expect working with you for next four months?
1: Okay, so the benefits that I think you would get from working with me for the next four months would be clarity into your current habits, the tools to know how to make the changes that you want around your health. I don't have the expectation that you're going to make this giant leap, but as we know, awareness is your first step to any kind of change. So even if it takes us 16 weeks to create the awareness about how you got to where you are, that foundation of awareness will allow you to continue to make the changes for the rest of your life so that you can continue to explore feeling better on a daily basis.
0: Okay. What will happen as I get more clarity in my life?
1: You'll know exactly what actions are things that are helping you versus things that are holding you back. What actions you take.
0: Okay. What else happens when you get clarity? What happens today as you get clarity, Carmen, in your focus on health coaching? What is going to happen as a consequence of that? When somebody's clear, do they make more money just because they're clear in their oh, life?
1: They can. They can... When you have clarity, you you know where to focus your passion.
0: Yes. Um, do, do, they, do they have clarity in their relationship? And hence, they have a better relationship with their partner and their friends.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It does expand into looking at other parts of your life when you have clarity on how you have been showing up in life.
0: Yes. And that is something that is a part of the benefit of working with you, right? You bring clarity yeah. to their habits, their behaviors. Why are they the way they are? Uh, you help them bring that clarity into action steps for getting their health better. Do you think as they're working with you for 16 weeks, if they commit and related with the examples of clients that you've helped already, is as they have this clarity, do they form new, better habits that tend to help them lose weight or feel a little bit more energetic? Do they feel like they're a better performer at work and in life?
1: Yeah. And because eating is such a social thing that we do, like, you know, we go out to eat, we have people over for dinner. It's eating is very social as well. It does highlight and create clarity around who you want to be social with or what you did or didn't accept, right? For instance, do you hang out with smokers or do you join them just for the social benefits of it? And do you even have that awareness? So yeah, having that clarity lets you kind of just be conscious of everything you do, which I think does spill into other parts of your life so that you can choose how you want to live, what you want to experience. And absolutely, it does spill into family and friends and how you show up,
0: yeah. Okay. And the reason why I'm putting so much attention to the benefit of the work that you do is because when you are about to ask for a particular payment for the services that you render, one of the big reasons why we don't ask for money is because we can't hear the benefit that the other person is getting out of the service. So what we think is, well, let me offer this for free because I don't know what's the value of this. right? Yeah, it, that's true. There, there are many ways of identifying the real benefit of what you do. One is to inquire and not just inquire on a surface level of some of the things, but the deep benefits that somebody gets when something happens. I know for certain, and I don't know your coaching, but I know that working with a health coach for four months, and I did actually sign up for the health coach for four months, Cleaned up my diet so much, just my diet, not even my workouts, but my diet so much that it raised my personal energy levels by at least by 100%, which impacted every single thing that was in my life. I started making more money. I started having a better relationship with my kids. I had a better relationship with my friends. I was an easier person to go out and not feel tired or exhausted at the end mm-hmm. of the day. I became a lot more present to my habits when I was outside, which helped yeah. me be a longer social person, which of course benefited my soul. And of course, it also benefited my social conditioning that was around me or social circle that was around me because I was more careful of, oh, when I drink coffee at this time, it leads me to feel this way at this time, which impacts my sleep, which makes me less present next morning. Right. Right? It's a small change of when was the last cup of coffee or caffeine that you took. And that changed my life so much that that singular thing has helped me sleep better, which makes me a lot more present. Today, I'll be doing four podcast coaching calls, and I'll be 100% present with each person. And I'm confident of that just because I know I had a good sleep last night, which is because I don't drink coffee after, let's say, 12 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right? Even actually yeah. before, usually yeah. Be like 10 a.m. is the last coffee I would have caffeinated coffee, right? Yeah. So, So it's interesting. It's very important. It can change your life just by simply changing your health. And when you get clear about these benefits, so one is to really take a deep dive within yourself of saying, when somebody's health changes, what all changes? And you can reflect personally on yourself. You can say, yeah, Carmen changed. What all changed for Carmen? The second way of doing it is you're already serving clients in the institute that you help, also in the one-on-one friendship coaching that you're doing. Their stories, ask for their stories. When you ask for their stories, they go, oh, well, this is what I changed. And bring attention, okay, when we fixed your diet, what happened? On the energy levels, relationship-wise, work-wise, parenting-wise, social circle-wise, whatever other different dimensions that you feel like may have changed for that person, bring their attention to it. Because as you bring their attention to it, now you know for sure what are the clear benefits that a person enjoys when they get to work with you, right? And I want yeah. you to take away the dialogue of I think. I okay. Because that's not what is anything that we created in life was with certainty. When you were certain you want to be a realtor is when you create a great success as a realtor. Let's bring certainty to these benefits and say, you will experience A, B, C. Mm. You are likely to experience A, B, C. You will see benefits in the areas of A, B, C. Whatever it is that those comes out as you do this internal work and some external work to find out what are the real benefits of working with Parmen, what will bring to the next conversation you're going to have is certainty of outcome. And that's mm-hmm. what your clients are really signing up for. Yes. They know they should eat healthy. Like I think there's very few people left in the world that <laughs> still believe they should eat unhealthy to live a better life. They yeah,
1: well, you, you'd be surprised. There are actually a lot of people who think they calories in, calories though. out. Yeah, yes, that's, but that's
0: they, they, true. They have the information. They have information. Like right? data is available on Instagram for free, right? But they can't do it. They haven't embodied it. They haven't really understood it. They've just gathered the data and they debate the data sometimes. in their sometimes. mind Because they have no way to really, like they haven't done the work. That's why they need you.
1: Yeah, sometimes there's socioeconomic situations. There's studies out there about particular neighborhoods that are poor, that have less access to food, like the grocery stores 10 miles away instead of like a neighborhood grocery store. So there are there are definitely things like that. I'm probably not sure.
0: It is even found if a McDonald's is near your house, <coughs> your waist size increases by an inch or something, right? Something like that. I might be wrong yeah. about the exact data, but they've done some researches on that and that's okay. But again, if we bring attention to what's happening, people change their realities, especially when they work with a coach. They can form new habits. It's not that they don't want sure. to be healthy. It's not that they want to suffer. Nobody wants to feel tired in the middle of the day. That's not exciting for any human being. There might be socioeconomic conditions that may be leading for that to happen in their life, but can we help, right? Karma yeah. can help. Right. So what we may want to ask ourselves is how is it that my changes or my work with somebody can actually help someone? And then because we relate to the benefits that the person enjoys, now we can say, okay, we can charge a certain amount of money for it. What I want to remove from the equation is you thinking, are you valuable? Because Mm -hmm. that's not what you're positioning. What you are positioning is the benefits of working with you. Are your services valuable?
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, making that distinction is very important because I do tend to think like, I think I'm the product, right? Like it's me, I'm the product. And it's actually-
0: How selfish of you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. I am the product. No. (laughs) Yeah, my brain. Okay. My brain. Yeah. Not even your brain is the product. I know. The result of your client is the product. Yes. Yeah. Your client does not care if Carmen does anything or not, if they get the result. They do not yeah. care if you actually do a six-month course or 16-month course. They only care, do I get the result for what I paid for, right? When yeah. you travel to Costa Rica and book an Airbnb, you want to make sure everything that was promised there is what you got. You do not care who's the owner of the house. Nah. You just care that the product that you were promised is delivered. So the only thing you need to care for is that the results that you promised to your client, are you close enough or further than the result that you promised? And that's all they are buying. They're not buying Carmen services, you know, but they're not buying your face. They're not buying your lifestyle. They're not buying nothing. They're buying results for themselves. Now you may inspire them to want particular kind of results. And that's awesome. And that's a part of the journey and that's part of marketing, but that's not what they're still buying right? One of the fundamental mistakes that a lot of coaches teach in their marketing is like, oh, you got to live the lifestyle so people can, you know, people are buying your lifestyle. They're not buying your lifestyle. What they're buying is a hope that I could have that lifestyle. So they're not buying your lifestyle. They are buying the ambition that they can live that lifestyle. They're not buying your health. They're buying the hope that I could live like Carmen. Yeah. Right? That's the association. It has nothing to do with your worth, your value, your association to your worth. It has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has nothing to do with anything. The only thing that is valuable to a client is at the end of our work together, am I where you said I could potentially be, right? And if you say, yes, you will be, or yes, you are, they're willing to pay whatever is the value of that product. And everybody will value it differently based on their financial circumstance, right? Somebody who is safe financially is willing to pay a lot for better health. We all know that, right? What is it the one thing that everybody hopes they always have? Health, health. right? They could have the money, but if they don't have health, the money is meaningless to them, Mm. right? So everybody hopes that they could have this container that is our body in really good condition. So they can live their highest life, the best life, even if they had a little bit less money. So anybody that is financially stable is willing to pay a lot for health. And we see that in the world outside. Like people oh, pay my gosh, yeah. extremely high amounts of money to look better, to feel better. Right? Well, sure. So there's it's no a multi-billion
1: dollar industry, the health and wellness. But exactly. yeah.
0: Exactly right? And even if they can't afford as much, if they are in pain, they would pay as much as they possibly can, right? So Mm -hmm. the affordability might change, but they're still willing to put their best foot forward to get the best outcomes in their life, especially around their health, right? So let's disassociate yourself from the pricing of the program. Dissociate the friendship that you might have with friends on the the pricing of the program. Because again, irrespective they're friends or not friends, irrespective they value you or not value you, can they get the results? And can you help them get the results? And those are the only factors that should matter. And the answer is yes, you can put a fair price to it, right? yeah. yeah. I want invite you to one more dialogue around this because this is important. I know many coaches struggle with this. Is I want you to know that you inherently, without you knowing, have something what I call a financial thermostat, Okay. This financial thermostat or money thermostat, however you want to call it, is a number that is in your head, which is the maximum number that you will be willing to accept for an hour's of work with you or a package of work with you. It's already there. You know it intuitively. The moment you would go, what is a number that I can say without feeling like shaky about it or underconfident about it? That's your financial thermostat for your current business. It might not be true for your other businesses, but for your current business, for your coaching business, that's your thermostat. And that's the place you will start. And that's okay. Right? Even if it feels like this is too low, start there. Because the financial thermostats work in a way where it can't be just pushed into a next level. Even with all the meditations and everything, it takes the work that it needs to take. So what you want to do is push this financial thermostat every time you enroll a new client. Right? Or every couple of times you enroll a new client.
1: What do you mean like, push the financial? I mean, I, anytime somebody says, what's your package? I definitely have a go-to number. Like I very easily spit it out. But what are you saying? So each new person you sign, you raise that thermostat?
0: Yes. So here's how this would work. So say, let's hypothetically assume that's $1,000, right? That's your thermostat right now. Is it three months of work, $1,000. That's what I charge. All right, great. So that's your thermostat right now. And let's say you enroll a client at $1,000. Now let's say you enroll second, third, fourth client at $1,000. There will be a point where you'll be like, wow, I'm able to confidently say this number and I'm confidently able to get a yes. What if I bump this number by 10 or 20% and try how that sounds when I'm speaking to myself in a mirror and then maybe even in the real conversation, right? So you would go $1,200 and you would go, well, that feels all right. That feels confident. That feels like I I don't feel I'm overcharging. I don't feel like it's not worth the money, anything, right? I feel intuitively in my body, I feel like this is a good number. So the next time you make an offer, you make an offer of $1,200, And then the next time you make an offer, you see 1,400 sounds a little bit better or 1,600 sounds a little bit better. And you test these waters as frequently as you possibly can every time you're making an offer, every time you're in a conversation, every time you have the time to see where your thermostat is at right now, Mm -hmm. right? And then you make that offer and then you see how you feel as you make that offer. And you keep pushing that number as far as you possibly can, right? That's like creating growth, right? So to create growth, we have to yeah. lean into a little bit of discomfort. But if it's very uncomfortable, we will just never do it, right? So you can't go for from 1000 to 5000 because it's just mm-hmm. too uncomfortable. It's not going to be easy for you to make that jump. Your confidence is going to shake. Your voice is going to shake. Or the way you will say it, you'll kind of like discount yourself. But instead of that, if you go to 1,200, then 14, and then 16, and then 18, and then eventually in a year, two years, three years, get to 5,000 or whatever timeline it takes, you will be very safe. And when you say 5,000, you'll be very confident and you'll get an easy yes. So confidence or the skill of confidence is a skill, right? It's developed over time. You have to stay persistent to the act for you to have confidence and more and more confidence because every single time you get a particular yes, the confidence bumps up a little bit. Right? the yeah. thermostat goes up a little bit. But every time you get a no, it goes down a little bit as well. Right? So you want to be mindful of what is getting a no. Right? Is it the pricing that is getting a no? Is it the way we approached it? Is it the desire of the client that is getting a no? What is it getting a no? Because you don't want it to become personal again. Because you'll lose confidence. Right? right? So you want to be very mindful of your state. Because your state is what is going to define action that happens next. And which is what is the underlying principle that will create great success is your state, your work, how you show up, how you're presenting yourself, how you're communicating, how confident you feel, how skillful you feel, how much you're being able to be present to create change in somebody's life, right? All those, how curious you are, how authentic you are, all these other things that really matter as much as business strategy is at the undertone of everything. The things that really matter in a conversation is you right? And your ability to be present to something and your own personal growth. So let's find those thermostats and be present to that they will move over time.
1: Thank you. That really resonates and makes a lot of sense.
0: Cool. So, Carmen, what we have tackled at this point is we have worked on some sense of clarity of why you need to focus on something. We have worked on some sense of clarity of where you might be finding resistance to creating a transaction, not just a free coaching session. We've also found some kind of clarity on what could be your potential next steps. Do you feel there's something else you would like to address in this conversation while we have another five, 10 minutes?
1: I think you you nailed them all. But now I think we got, I had several questions written down and just like, you know, in a weird sort of way, we nailed them all.
0: (laughs) What would you say, Carmen, would be your next steps so we can keep making progress Mm -hmm. in this direction?
1: I think really identifying clearly the benefits that come from working with me. I think that, It's not just about me. And I I love the idea of separating the benefits that someone gets by spending these 14 weeks focusing on themselves. Really, really digging in my heart deep. like What are the benefits that someone is getting? I think that's huge. I don't know why that just kept resonating for me. I, I think I wrote it several times. Taking the words like I hope out and I think out. I think that's, ha, I just did, I think again. Yeah, I think the benefits is gonna be a huge help having that clarity about what I can provide. That's my first step. Yeah. That's
0: great. So identify that and identify that in a marketplace that you want to start, right? Identify your benefits in a marketplace. And then I want you to also practice those benefits in front of a mirror or with a friend, however you would Mm -hmm. like to practice. So there is some kind of certainty when you say it. You know, this is what I'm saying. These are the eight benefits, six benefits, five benefits, whatever the number comes out to be of somebody working with me because that will create an easy way for you to also ask for a transaction because now you know clearly the product that you're offering.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, usually when when someone asked, I I felt like a deer in the headlights, like, oh, well, you know, what are we going to have at the end of the 16 weeks? And I'd always be like, uh, no, this is perfect.
0: Absolutely. Well, it was fantastic talking to you, Carmen. I'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to your journey. Keep Mm -hmm. me posted on where you are and how you make progress.